This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 39. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hood. I'm with my bald but beautiful co-host, Chris Graham. Chris, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm great. So today's episode is on a subject that I have a lot of reservations talking about. I don't know if I want to do this episode or not. I'm still not sold on this episode, but... It's going to be goofy, (laughs) but it's going to be great. It's going to be an interesting episode to say the least, especially if you're a gamer. And you've probably heard Chris and I talk about video games in our intros these past few episodes. One of the reasons is I'm actually launching a business in the competitive gaming world right now. And so that's kind of the world I've been involved in outside of the Six Figure Home Studio. So I have a good excuse. Chris has a great excuse because he's found that video games are a really good bonding moment for his children and also a teaching moment. And Chris and I have gotten into this weird conversation on multiple occasions about the parallels of business and video games. Chris, do you want to kind of elaborate on what this means? Yeah. Well, let me give a little bit of backstory first. So before I had kids, this is probably 10 years ago, I started playing Reversi the hell is that it's this weird game with like little checkers that are black on one side and white on the other and i got really good at it and well i got okay at it and i decided you know what i want to be mentally fit i want to have good mental fitness and reversi was the first place where i was like i'm just going to master this game and eventually, you know, a week or two later, I played it a lot and it got to the point where every time I would play against the computer, I would demolish the computer. And it was just a really good uh, way to exercise mentally. You know, there was a lot of strategy and a lot of like recognizing the computer strategy and recognizing, oh, well, they just did this. That means they'll do this next. So I'll do this to thwart that. And so it was really good. But other than that, I'm not a gamer up until about two, three weeks ago. And, you know, I played a lot of Halo in college. It was toxic. You know, it was like, let's figure out who the biggest man is, you know, with all my friends. And it was dumb. So Brian, you know, has started working on this gaming business and we've been talking about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should finally jump on the train and play like Fortnite. And because it's like the most popular game in the history of the world. (laughs) It's pretty popular. I don't know if it's that popular, but it's it's close. It's very popular. So a lot of my friends' kids play it. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, I don't want like a violent game with like guns and stuff for my kids to play. And I downloaded it on my iPad. I started playing it and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. The object of the game is survival, not like kill everybody. So I let my kids download it on their iPhones and uh, we started playing as a group, me and my two sons. And it was freaking incredible to talk to them about like what it meant to play conservatively and you know what it meant to be patient in the game to win as opposed to like drop in you know for those of you that play PUBG or you know Fortnite drop in kill as many people as you can but you're probably only going to live like two minutes before someone else kills you and so we've been playing pretty conservatively and it's been a cool way for me to lead my children and say hey we're going to drop in over there at the you know tomato town and then we're going to we're going to hide in that truck, you know, until the storm comes. Anyways, super nerdy. So let me get to the point here. So as I've been playing these games, Brian and I have had a lot of conversations about the parallels between winning a game and being successful in business. 
And there are a lot. There's a lot to talk about here. If you are not a gamer, you're still going to take something home from this episode. If you are a gamer, you're definitely going to take home some tasty nuglets of truth to you know help you run your business better. So yeah, gaming and business. Who'd have thunk it? So I think the easiest parallel to draw here is the argument that I have with Chris all the time when I hear him talking about the way he <laughs> plays Fortnite or PUBG. And I tell him he's playing like a little scared child. He's hiding and he's waiting and he's trying to win the game. And I told him there's a big difference between different play styles depending on what your goal is for the game. You can try to play for fun and you're going to play a completely different way than if you're trying to play to win. And that really strikes a chord with me when we start talking about business because a lot of people I see in business are trying to run their businesses and they're trying to have fun with it, but they have no chance of quote unquote winning. Yeah. They have no chance of you know, being successful in their business because they run it like a hobby. So case in point, running your business like a hobby, you're choosing the things that are fun. And when I was in college, we would play Halo on Xbox and, you know, four people on one Xbox and you could network them and have up to four Xboxes at once. This is for nerds out there. This is called a LAN party. Uh, for you younger guys, you've never had one of these. For you older guys, you know what these are if you played games in the past. Yeah, so you could have top 16 people in the game. And what we love to do when I was in college is we love to play capture the flag. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You have two teams, two bases, two flags. The goal is to protect your flag while capturing the other team's flag. And inevitably, what would happen when I was in college is we'd get all these people together and everyone would be like, I'm going to go find an awesome gun and I'm just going to kill people. Bob. Yep. You know, they'd, they'd shoot around. I'm using my really good machine gun sound from when I was like four. Like that. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the coolest thing I knew what to do when I was like four years old. I can't wait to hear that back at 2x speed. I know. It's going to be amazing. So anyways, so what happens is people jump in, they come into the game and the temptation is to go for ego. And the way that you go for ego in a game with guns is you kill as many people as you can as fast as possible. But bottom line, that's not the object of the game. The object of the game is to capture someone's flag and bring it back to your base. And let's bring this to a business lesson here. Yeah. A lot of people are focusing on the thing that's the most fun or the thing that they that drives their ego forward in business. And all the while, they're completely missing out on the things they should be doing in order to push their business forward, aka capturing the flags in their business. Bingo. So that's a great illustration. And you know the reason we have the gear slut alert is when you get focused, like in a game, you get focused on shooting people instead of capturing the flag or protecting your flag. AKA buying gear instead of learning how to position and differentiate yourself or learning how to improve your audio skills or whatever. That's the equivalent of that guy on your team who refuses to play for the objective and instead plays for his own ego. Well, and here's the thing about my group of friends when I was in college is every single person played for ego except me. And the only reason I didn't play for ego is because they were way better than I was. So like it didn't matter what weapon I had. If I went up against my roommate Lonnie or my other roommate Andy or my friend Ben, like they would demolish me like from a hundred yards away, I'd be dead. So they got really irritated with me because I was like, you know what? I can't win hand to hand with them. So I'm just going to get a car and I'm going to drive as fast as I can over to their base, zip in, grab their flag, jump back in the car and drive back across the board. And my team yep. almost always won as a result. And they hated it. And I think there's a really good lesson there, which is if you try to do what all your friends are doing or all your competitors are doing, you may consistently lose at that game. 
because it's not the race you should be running. It's not the strategy you should be employing as a business owner. It is playing to your strengths. What are you great at doing? What should you be doing? What are the biggest dominoes that you can tip over as a business owner that play to your strengths instead of trying to focus on the things you're weak at? Yeah. So like, I'm going to get so many gear slot alerts here, but like the example could be like, Hey dude, I totally bought an AKG 414. Oh crap. You got a 414. I'm going to go out. Hey, well, I just bought a Neumann U87. Oh crap. Oh, Oh, well, I also just bought a Telefunken, uh, you know, like there's just, it's a one-upsmanship thing that really leads nowhere. It leads nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, was the last record you made good? Did it sell well for the client? Did you make more than $4 an hour working on the record? Like, these are the things that like matter. Are you, are you going to be able to keep playing this game for the long term? And if you're just jumping in and shooting people, the number of people you've killed is, you know, 30 by the end of the game of capture the flag doesn't matter but doesn't matter if your team didn't capture any flags and for me this is such an awesome illustration i wish like i had been smart enough to understand this when i was in college playing halo that like hey business is a lot the same you need to actually figure out what the goal is and do that instead of like getting a fancy business card or like a suit or you know just all the dumb things that, that are easy to get distracted by because they give you instant ego when you, you know, like, well, but if I buy this, you know, if I buy three 1176 compressors, I can take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. So dumb. So let's bring this back to the two most popular games that are out right now. The point of Fortnite, the point of PUBG, which is a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, PUBG. Uh, the point of these two games is you are one of 100 people in the game. You all drop onto an island and... The point is to be the last man standing, basically. And so only one out of the 100 people, if you're a solo player, or two out of 100 if you're a duos player, or four out of 100 people if you're a squad player, only that group can win or that individual can win out of the entire 100 people that originally start the game. So you airdrop in, you parachute down, you land, you get guns, and then the island starts to shrink down in a smaller and smaller circle until the last man is standing. Well, and let's talk about that. So in Fortnite, there's a storm, which is actually a pretty good plot mechanism. And the eye of the storm keeps shrinking and you have to stay in the eye of the storm or you die. The rain is like toxic or something. In PUBG, it's exactly the same, but it's just some weird force field that doesn't make any sense. If you've seen Hunger Games or you've seen a Korean movie called Battle Royale, it's just putting people on on an island having them duke it out until the last man standing. It's kind of dark. Yeah. But the beauty of these style of games is as the board that you can play on gets smaller, it gets more and more intense. Yes, it does. And so I just wanted to give a quick overview of how these style of games plays out because there are some strategies involved that do go well with business with that conversation of like, what kind of parallels go here? So let's just talk about some different strategies you have in these styles of games to employ to either win or potentially lose if you don't take the right strategy here. And then let's draw some parallels to business there, Chris. So in Fortnite, there are two ways to win it. You can win it by spending a shitload of time getting really, really good and even paying for training or coaching or playing with players that are way better than you or whatever. You can, there's a lot of things you can do to improve your skills and then try to win on sheer skill alone. But there's also the type of person who is willing to play very strategically. They don't have the necessarily the skills or the know-how to win it on pure skill level, but they are patient, they are strategic, 
and they are clever and they win that way. And Chris likes to play the latter of the ways, similar to what he was talking about in, in Halo and tends to win some games that way. But it's what I would consider frowned upon by the better players because it's less skill involved. It's kind of a, maybe some people would say a cheap way of winning. What would you say to that, Chris? Yeah, well, I completely understand that mentality. And the fascinating thing is there's the same mentality in our community of recording studio owners. They're like, yep, 100%. Totally like the, you mix on headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two schools, really. There's the school of like, I'm going to spend a lot of money on gear, really nice facilities. I'm going to like pay my dues for a decade as an intern before I even do that. You know, like there's, there's like the old school approach and that camp is very much against the like new school. I'm a home studio. I'm going to keep things lean. I'm going to be clever. I'm going to play to my strengths. I'm going to do what I need to do to position myself as a, you know, high quality, high end provider of audio while still being out of my home. It's not impossible to do, but it's difficult but you can do it if you do things the right way, a clever way, a strategic way. And you can beat out some of these big guys who have more experience, more money, uh, or at least more debt <laughs> and <laughs> the ability, you know, and, and a lot more things that you don't have. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, right? Yeah. At least in Fortnite it is. Maybe it's a little more complex in the business world. Well, the thing here that we're talking about are called sacred cows. And so the saying goes, you have to be willing to kill sacred cows in our industry, some of the sacred cows are analog outboard gear mm-hmm. and mixing on monitors rather than on headphones, recording live drums. There are all these things where like, you can get looked down upon in our industry, but there are people that break these rules that kill these sacred cows that are ridiculously successful as a result of their willingness to kill a sacred cow. One of those things is paid advertising. I can tell you right now, like you see so many guys who wear this badge of honor and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I've in my past, I've like bragged about never spending a dollar on paid advertising for my studio. When once you learn how to do it properly, it's one of the most powerful things you can know. And so it's a sacred cow that people don't understand how to do something. And so they justify it in their own heads that it's an inferior way to succeed. That's cheating. You know, you're playing cheap. Yeah, and it's exactly the same in the gaming world. So like I will all the time with my kids, one of the most fun things that I do with my kids is teach them patience in a game. And there's a lot of life skills there of like, okay, guys, we're right in the eye of the storm. We found an iron shipping container and we're going to get inside of it. And in Fortnite, you can build so you can like make walls and stuff. So I'm going to seal us into the shipping container with a giant piece of metal. And to the passerby, they probably won't notice that there's three people hiding in this thing and everyone else is out there killing each other and we're in here literally just sitting waiting so we've been in this iron shipping container for 10 minutes doing absolutely nothing waiting for other people to kill themselves off i want to draw a parallel there and in my head i see this as this kind of scenario the lean home studio is the one who has kept their costs as low as possible They've done things lean, mean. Uh, they're doing it out of their home. They have what we call the lowest overhead, meaning the lowest monthly expenses as anyone. And that's the one that's inside of this safe and sound container that you're talking about here in this game. Yeah. Everyone else out there killing each other are these big expensive studios with high overhead. And they're all fighting each other for the last remaining scraps of a dying industry. At least the old industry is dying. There's now a new industry that is completely different than the old industry. And 
you know, those guys are all killing each other and you're going to be the last man standing because you're safe and sound inside of this shipping container, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you as a home studio, if you're listening to this right now, you have the best chance of outlasting these other bigger, stronger, more expensive, nicer studios for the sheer fact that you have put this protective shell around you. And that protective shell or that protective building or metal wall in Chris's case here is the fact that you have such low monthly expenses as a studio that you have none of these same risks of dying off quickly that these other guys outside of that protective shell have. And so I, I think this really you know, plays well to the lean home studio approach that we teach here on the podcast. And that is stay lean and you can outlast a lot more storms than some of the other guys can. Yeah. One of the things I love about these games is if you play with a good pair of headphones, it's an auditory experience. If someone shoots a gun, you hear it in stereo from the direction that the gunshot came from. I love headphones and it's a fun way to experience a really nice pair of headphones to play one of these games. You know, one of the other things me and my sons like to do is we'll find a house in Fortnite and we'll build stairs up into the attic and then we'll shoot the stairs and they disappear and then we'll build a floor in the hole that we came in. And now we're inside an attic sealed in. No one can see us. Everybody else is out there shooting. And as soon as you pull your trigger, if there's anyone around you and you don't know if there's anyone, anyone around you, they now know where you are. And so by not firing our weapons, that's like one of the things I teach my sons is like, okay, don't shoot your gun. We're going to stay here for like five minutes until the storm shrinks. And if we don't shoot our gun and we don't walk around, no one can hear us. No one can see us. We're in total stealth mode. We're definitely going to at least end up in the top 10 of this game if we're conservative like this. And I think one of the illustrations here is you find these sort of like old guard snobby music studio owners and they all they want to do is get on gear sluts and argue why their revision of the 1176 compressor is better than the next guys or argue about like all this esoteric stupid stuff that doesn't help you stay in business and they end up wasting their time a lot of it and i'm saying this not from a spot of like condescension or holier than thou or whatever i struggle with this so much man even in our own six-figure home studio community we'll occasionally have people say something gear related or paid advertising related or whatever and i'll want to jump in and be like <laughs> like and argue the nerdness <laughs> about like no you're wrong and here's why that's a waste of time no you're wrong and here's why doesn't help you stay in business it doesn't help you get more clients and it doesn't help you put food on the table and you know, that's one of the things that's interesting is as a father, you know, I've got three kids and a wife. I have to play conservatively. I have to be sure that every single month that my business is open, that money comes in and that we use that money for house mortgages and for food and for car payments and whatnot. I didn't have that problem when I was 22. So I think a lot of your play style in a game comes down to how much you have to lose. Yeah. That's why it gets so intense at the end of the game. You've spent so much time into this round. And if you die, you've just wasted 20, 30 minutes of your gaming experience. And you've had a lot of loot that you got during the game and you're going to lose all of that. So you have a lot more to lose. Meanwhile, the very beginning of a game, you had nothing. Uh, it's super early into the game. You know, people tend to play more aggressively at the beginning and it's because they have nothing to lose. So I think there's also some parallels there. You know, we're talking about being very conservative, having very low overhead. 
maybe playing the long game, playing to win it when it comes to business, but it also can come down to where you are in life and what really what your goals are, because there's a couple things to keep in mind here. You're younger, you have nothing to lose, you have no one depending on you. You can be a little more aggressive. You can make that move to a new city. You can you know, try to do things that someone with a family, someone with kids maybe can't do. And so you can be a little more what I would call reckless in your play style in business. Someone you know, that's really established, they may have to hold back. They may have to figure out a way to make it work given their limitations. One other thing though is going into Fortnite now, some people or PUBG, some people play, uh, they have no interest in winning. They just want to have fun with it. They just want it to be a fun experience. And a lot of people look down on the way Chris plays because they, you know, they think it's cheap playing. They don't really care if they win, if it's not a fun experience. Well, look at your business, look at your studio. Some people are not meant to have this as a business. This should always remain as a hobby, maybe a side income, because you don't really have what it takes to do that long game. Instead, this is more of a fun hobby-like experience and you can't really make yourself do the things you need to do to succeed in business. It's really difficult to do some of these things. It's really difficult to make the sacrifices necessary. And sometimes you're better off leaving this as a hobby. And that's, it sounds mean, and it's sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow. But although we are the Six Figure Home Studio, we try to teach business. I think sometimes the best advice can be giving someone the advice that they should not pursue this because maybe their strengths lie in something else or they don't have the strengths yet to pursue this full time. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. So there's no shame 
And I think I'm just going to make art for art's sake rather than make art for money. Honestly, there might be more shame in making art for money. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, the society that I want to live in and the society that you see in basically every non-dystopian sci-fi movie, you know, where where the future is really bright and good, uh, that people, what they do is they follow their passion. And the society that I want to be a part of, everyone has their own record. Everyone was able to express how they felt or the things they struggled with through music and they have their record and they're proud of it and technology helped them make it. That is a world I want to be a part of. And a lot of people that are working through doing music for a living or doing audio production for a living or whatever, they're struggling with these two things of this is what I want to do if money wasn't involved, but I also want to do this to make money. And you're right. There's an inherent problem there that's similar to gaming. Do I just want to drop in, find a bunch of people and just start shooting my gun as much as I can and feel awesome, you know, when I shoot people and I feel like a man or, you know, I feel really potent. I want to drop in. I want to kill 15 people in the first five minutes and then I feel potent and then I die because somebody heard me shooting my machine gun constantly. Yeah. And okay, now next I'm going to do this again and again and again. That's fun. I get that. It is fun to drop in and just have a bloodbath, for lack of a better term. But here's the thing. The point of the game is to win. And winning the game is really fun. It is really, really fun. And if you want to feel potent, winning the game is a great way to do that. That victory screen, you know, in PUBG, winner, winner, chicken dinner is... (laughs) I love that screen. (laughs) So that screen is a lot more fun than having like 20 kills. Yeah. It's a whole lot more fun. Now, the thing that I find, though, is I'm constantly trying to pursue that win screen. I want to be the last guy standing. Here's what I find, though. If I'm not in a good spot emotionally, if I'm not in a good spot physically or spiritually or what have you, you know, I'm just not doing great. I'm not the healthiest I've been. I'll drop in and I'll say, all right, I'm going to try to live to the end. I'm going to try to win the game. And then I'll see somebody in the distance in the game. I'll be like, oh, there's a guy over there. I'm going to go kill him. (laughs) and I will abandon my strategy and succumb to the temptation to shoot somebody in the game. And I, you know, I run up and this happens all the time. I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to totally get him. Bang, 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 bang. Oh crap. He had four friends with him. (laughs) I'm dead. And oh man, I just ran into the middle of like a team and they ripped me to shreds. And that guy just picked up my freaking sniper rifle. (laughs) There are some things in business like that where if you do the wrong thing, you fall off of your strategy the wrong way. That one mistake can really wreck your business. And go back to the last episode, episode 38, where we talked about single points of failure. Some of those single points of failure are just like that. You had, you know, you saw what you thought was an opportunity and it ends up ruining your reputation. And now your business fails because you, it was completely off of your strategy in the first place. Case in point, our interview with Matt. Yeah, that was episode 27. Matt had an amazing opportunity to take over an amazing studio and he almost lost his career and his family. Yeah, that's a really good example. But what I want to point out is that when I'm playing one of these games and I'm, I've decided to play conservatively, I'm constantly tempted to have immediate fun and risk my long-term success. Yeah. And I think there's a huge illustration in business there of like, all right, man, my, you know, my business is dialed in. I've got consistent work. I'm booked out, you know, for a pretty long time. Oh my gosh, did you see that new interface that just came out from Universal <laughs> Audio? 
<laughs> you know, you see some piece of gear, or you see some plug-in, or you see a new facility that you can rent. Shiny object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Mm, shoot, now I have to, each month, instead of making $1,000 per month to stay in business, I have to make $3,000 yeah. to stay in business. And if I have a bad month, I'm $2,000 in debt. I want to say a couple things though, and that is, I think there's a balance to this because, and I know this from my own experience playing PUBG and Fortnite, because I've put my hours in, in those games, full disclosure. And that is, I have found a really good balance for both things where I win a good amount of games. And I also really enjoy it because I personally don't necessarily enjoy the super patient, super sneaky, crawling around on the grass, hiding in containers approach to gaming. That to me is a lot of waiting around. It's very boring, uh, but you also win more when you do that. So it's this balance of finding what you enjoy and finding what gets you the most success. And it could be that you, you, know, you get a lot of joy out of doing something, whether the game we're talking about or your business, that doesn't necessarily help your business, but it helps you get through those times in business that you have to do that you don't like doing. So it's finding that good balance. And I can tell you right now, in all the businesses that I run, I don't run those in the most optimal way all the time because sometimes I just want to enjoy it. I just want to enjoy the process and I'm not trying to milk every single optimization thing possible. That kind of shit will run you ragged, I think, long term. And so I think sometimes, you know, you just have to, going back to our video game analogy, just drop it and kill some people. You know, <laughs> just play aggressively, have fun with it occasionally, or at least find a good play style in your video game life or your business where you find that good balance between what gets me the results I want and what also gives me a joy in my day-to-day -day life or in my gaming experience. That's great. Well, here's one of the ways that we can bring this home is to say, you know, most of the people we talk to, you know, listen to this show and would say, well, what are you going for? What do you want in your career? And the unfortunate answer you often get is, oh, I just want to be successful. What the fuck does that mean? Exactly. What does that mean? And if you're listening to this show and you, quote unquote, just want to be successful, you need to define it more clearly than that. Yeah. For some people, success would be enjoying the video game. For some people, the su success is winning the video game. For some people, success is just playing video games with friends. Find out what, <laughs> in video games or business, what is your definition of success? Is your business success, is it just quitting your full-time job. Really, the more specific you can be and you actually write down what is success to you on paper or an Evernote file, but preferably paper, I think that goes a long way towards helping you solidify what steps you can take to get to where you want to go and how do you build out your life and business to meet those goals in a way that is sustainable and enjoyable. Yeah. So one of the ways you could do that, and we're taking this right out of four-hour work week, we love that book, is to sit down with a piece of paper and to figure out how much you need per month to live the lifestyle that you want. This is a really good exercise to do because you can lose sight of this really fast. I haven't done this in a while, actually. Yeah, so most people just walk in like, I'm going to do audio for a living. Okay, cool. <laughs> just do the basic math. What do you need in order to actually do that on paper? Yeah, so you need either your, the amount that you pay in your mortgage or your rent, the amount you need to pay for your car, your car insurance, your health insurance, how much you spend per month on food, Yada, yada, yada. You need a budget. And you need to know, okay, I need at least $3,000 a month to live at the standard of living that I want, or I need at least $6,000 a month to live with the standard that I want to live at. 
Then you can do the math backwards and you can say, okay, well, what's my average project size? $1,000. Okay, cool. Well, if you need $3,000 a month to live, you need to net three projects per month. Yep. If you don't get three projects per month, you will go into debt. It's true. If you get four projects per month, you will be able to put $1,000 in the bank and save it. I think you can take this a step further and then it's like, if I need three projects per month, how many quotes do I need to send out or how many leads do I need to talk to? How many conversations do I need to have in order to get those projects? Then you need to be making sure you're doing the steps necessary to generate those leads or to have those conversations every single month in order for that to happen. So you've basically gone from, I want to be successful, period, full stop, to I need to make $3,000 a month, which means I need three projects per month, which means I need to have 10 conversations per month or I need to generate 10 leads per month because I know those 10 leads will turn into three projects. And so now your monthly activities all go around making sure you're generating those 10 leads or those 10 conversations a month. And that will trickle down and end up meeting your goal of whatever success is to you. If success is that $3,000 a month number, this is a different episode altogether, but I still love where you're going with this. Well, this is super interesting. This is of all the, I would say like if I could take excerpts from our podcast and send them back in time to myself, this would be one I would send back in time. Yeah. It's called your freedom number. Yeah, exactly. So I would have never gotten past how many projects per month you need. Like, well, if you need three projects, well, that just means I need to talk to three potential customers each month because three potential customers will turn into three projects. Never. Does that ever happen? Yeah, ever. At least not for very long. Not for many months in a row. That would have been huge for me. So here's the tie-in with gaming. If there's a particular metric that you have in your mind, a metric is a number that measures success. If there's a particular metric that you're after in Fortnite, let's say you want to get 20 kills. You don't care who wins the match. You want to get 20 kills. Go for it. If for you, that's victory. 20 kills before you die in the game, more power to you. That's almost more respectable than winning the game because you've defined the game in your own terms. So there are other people in Fortnite and PUBG who love to play a game. I think it's official in PUBG, but not in Fortnite called Protect the President. And it's 50 on 50 in this particular match. One of the teams will designate one person as their president. And everyone else on your team, the entire point that they have is to keep you alive. And in like some variations of the game, you're allowed to have a pistol and other, other variations, you're not allowed to have a weapon. And they made up their own game within the game. That's cool. And I think this gets back to this question of, well, what is, I want to be successful. What does that mean? And how do you apply that to a game so that we can use gaming to understand business better? You can use gaming to understand business better if you create a game within the game. A metric that you're looking at. Can you keep this guy from dying? Can you get 20 kills? So to bring this back to business, you're basically saying create a mini game in your business. Can you generate those 10 leads you need in order to make your $3,000 a month? Or can you have those 10 conversations with potential clients that you need every single month in order to have that income that you need at a bare minimum? Yeah. So that's a huge take home, I think, from this episode of recognizing the game within a game that being successful is way too dumb. <laughs> That's n- it's not a term that means anything. I think what successful really means, and it, it's the same in a game, if you asked an 11-year-old when they're playing Fortnite or PUBG, what do you want? What's your goal in this game? If they really thought about it, what they would say is, well, I want to feel like a badass. If they really thought about it, I want to feel like a badass, which means I went in 
and I did cool stuff and I was like James Bond or Jason Bourne and was just destroying people and people were like, whoa, oh my gosh, what a man. In business, it's the same thing. When you say, I just want to be successful, it's the same ego-driven mentality. What you really want probably is to tell your mom and dad that you're successful. You know, that's not success. It's not. Mom and dad's pride in you doesn't pay the bills. So there is this parallel in business and in gaming of what are you doing it for? Do you just want to feel like a badass or do you have a specific goal in mind? $3,000 a month. Yep. You have to clarify that. And I would argue if you want to enjoy gaming, you have to define the goal. For me, the goal is to win. Yep. That's true. 100%. I think that's a really good way to end this is when you're playing a game like Fortnite or playing like a game like PUBG, whatever your goal is in the game is going to completely dictate your play style and your strategy in the game and the exact same for business. Whatever your idea of success is or whatever your main goal is for your business, your studio, that's going to completely dictate how you should play the game of business or the game of life and what strategies you need to employ. And I think a good exercise for anyone that's listening that has a you know an audio career that they're trying to pursue is doing that freedom number exercise. And that is looking at that number that you need to hit in order to be able to do this full-time for those of you that aren't full-time or for those of you that are already full-time, you know, what is a goal number for you? Or what do you need to survive? And then what is your goal number? Because those are two different numbers a lot of times. Yeah, so this may be going too far, but you can go beyond just the gaming that we talked about for this as well. Let's use football as an example. I like football. Fantasy football season is about to start up here now. We're going to have our draft. I have the trophy because I won last season. I actually do play fantasy football, so continue. I like this. I do not, um, but I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and the Ohio State Buckeyes are down the road for me. So I was brainwashed as a child that you must be a Buckeye fan. I was brainwashed as a child that you must be an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. And I'm going to say that's that's a good team to have to like because <laughs> they, they always win. So it's like I don't, have to, I don't have to be forced to like a team that sucks like a lot of people. Super annoying. But yeah, so if you are a football fan or you're a football coach and you want your team to win, there are games within games in football. Yeah. The game within a game in football is first downs. How many first downs can you get? What's your conversion on third down? Do you get a first down on third down and what percentage of the time? Yeah, this goes back to single points of failure conversation we had in the last episode where it's like, you know, these football teams are really any team. They're looking at where are the weakest points in their offense or their defense and then working consistently and intentionally to fix those weak points or to completely eliminate those weak points altogether and make them strengths. Because if you could take the single weakest point in your strategy as an offensive line or a defensive line in football and you could turn that into a strength, you've just vastly improved your team as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of wrap this episode up, for those of you that don't game, I apologize for this episode. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is one I didn't really want to record, but I do think there are a lot of parallels with gaming and business. And I think that there's a lot to be learned from analyzing play styles and really any sport or any video game or anything that is competitive and putting parallels to that to the business. And I hope you got something out of this in some way, shape or form. And if anything, what you might have gotten out of this is the ability to tell your significant other, I'm playing this video game to learn more about business. Leave me alone. Mom, get off my back. I'm doing this for my business so I can get out of the basement. <laughs> Something like that. Or an excuse to start playing so you can bond with your kids like I do. It's uh, very awesome. Yeah. I just want to say, 
I'm going to be so disappointed if all of you listening started playing these games because we talked about it. Unless your business <laughs> is successful <laughs> or you have kids you're bonding with, you don't have an excuse. Oh, so by the way, let me throw out this ask for you guys. If you do play PUBG on mobile, friend me, Chris Grams. Oh my God. G-R-A-H-A-M-S because I couldn't think of a better screen name. Or on Fortnite, no matter what you play on, Fortnite you can play on computer, Xbox, PlayStation, mobile, and everyone's in the same board. It's pretty sweet. I am Stink Farts. I can't, honestly, I can't believe that's your name on Fortnite. I just want to make people giggle, man. Like, I think of you as the more mature one between me and you, but things like, <laughs> things like that really makes me doubt that. Well, I play with my kids, so like, I'm trying to entertain them. So like, my son's name is Smeagle oh. on Fortnite. But he's also a child, so that is an excuse that I'll... Anyways. Okay. Friend me. Oh my God. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Hopefully I didn't scare off too many <laughs> of you listeners for a, a video game based episode. Uh, but I think there's a lot to learn in this. And I, I want to point out a thing that uh, our, our editor, uh, Sean, mentioned that I had forgotten to mention during this episode. And it's this one little interesting nugget of information. You know how we talked about you know PUBG players, Fortnite players? They frown upon the type of play style that I talked about where it's very methodical, very careful. You're trying to survive. You're trying not to be heard. You're trying to hide. You know, most pro gamers will, will say that that's a very cheap way to play, or at least the guys that you watch on Twitch if you're a Twitch uh, viewer. But the very interesting thing to watch is if any of those guys go play a competitive game where there's money on the line, Every single one of them play to win. They play strategically. So they're hiding. They're crawling around in the grass. They're boxing themselves in. And even recently, uh, we were at E3. Sean and I were at E3 uh, in June. And there was a charity pro-am Fortnite tournament with Ninja and Marshmallow. Marshmallow is a producer slash uh, EDM guy. Very famous. He's got hundreds of millions of plays on Spotify. And he played along with Ninja, which is the biggest Twitch streamer probably of all time. And... You can bet at the end of the tournament, the two of them were sitting inside of a one-by-one thing in Fortnite, hiding from everyone else, and who ended up winning the tournament? Those guys. So all that to say, when money's on the line, when it's time to win, when it's time to buckle down and actually be serious about something, even the guys that talk shit about that sort of strategy and uh, quote-unquote boring play style, when it all comes down to it, they're going to do the same exact thing. So don't let someone else's opinion or what they say on the outside Uh, dictate how you run your business on the inside. Instead, put your damn head down, do what you do, focus on your strengths and don't let anyone else affect your play style or AKA the way you run your business. So that's it for this episode. Have a good day. Happy hustling and say no to video games. They rot your brain. (laughs) 